Hola, hola, it's your girl Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome. And I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach and I'm a bold stand for confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Loves, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, do I have an incredible guest for you today. I don't have many men on my podcast. I, I almost feel like Hamish has been the only man that I've ever had on my podcast. And today we have an incredible man, another gentle man named DJ Madge. His name is Madge, but we call him DJ Madge. And I met him on Clubhouse. I have connected with him, become friends with him and his beautiful partner, Isabella. Uh, they live in Montreal in Canada. And the reason why I wanted him on the podcast, you know, this podcast is called the Confidence Chronicles podcast. It's about stories. It's about ideas of confidence and how we come from, from hard shit and we move and we triumph. And when I listened to Maj and his incredible story on how he came to Montreal from Syria and escaped the war with his dad and, and who he is in the world and his incredible humble energy and vibe and now being an incredible and incredibly successful DJ who has gotten number one world wide, you know, chart topping mixtapes. I mean, incredible, like incredible success and so humble and so sweet. And I really wanted you to listen to his story, whether you're a woman or a man or identifying as a woman or man, you know, his story is one of resilience. It's one of humble, you know, beginnings and coming and building this incredible community that he's built and the vision that he has and how he makes people feel. And I know that you're going to take so much from today's episode. So without further ado, here is my homeboy, DJ Mash. DJ Madge is in the house on today's podcast episode. Oh my God, I'm so happy that you are here. Welcome. What's up, Erica? I'm so happy to be with you. I am excited. My face hurts because you know how much love I have for you and your amazing girlfriend. And I met you, like many others, recently on Clubhouse. How crazy from Clubhouse to podcast to being here and connecting with you. For anybody who's listening and maybe doesn't know about your amazing self, can you just let the people know who you are, what you do, and where you're from? Erica, first of all, I want to give you the biggest thanks for having me on your podcast. You are amazing. I'm looking at you with your awesome hat. I know that people can't see this awesome hat that you've got going on there. But you are stylish, you are confident, and you are so powerful, and I'm happy to be in your presence. Oh, I love you. You're the best. My- my name is Majd. I'm a DJ in Montreal. I'm an artist, a creative, and a community builder. And we met on Clubhouse. What a small world. This app has truly built so many bridges for me across the world. And I've met awesome people like yourself, and I'm happy to be with you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at DJMajdMTL. That's D-J-M-A-J-D-M-T-L. And everywhere else in the world, where you go, in the in the online world, you'll find me at DJ Majd MTL. 
And you need to find this man because he's amazing. And we're going to pop everything in the show notes so you can connect with him. Um, I, I, I said to you before we started recording that I don't have many men on my podcast. And obviously because my target audience is women. Um, and I had you on here specifically because when I first connected with you, we came off of Clubhouse and went into a Instagram live or Instagram video together. And we got to meet and connect. And to my listeners, y'all know that I love hearing stories of hope, inspiration, how people got to where they got to. I love hearing about that. And when you started sharing your story, I like got tearied and I, my eyes were watering and I'm like, because everybody listening, he's an incredible human and you don't know what's behind people's stories. And so I love this story. I love where, where you came from. And I just wanted to have the audience hear it because I think so many times we allow our mindset to stop us. We allow our past and the experiences we had or the lack of resources or the lack of opportunities to stop us from living the life we want to live. And so I would love if you could share with us, like, you know, how you, where you were from and how you came to Canada and, and to be where you are now. That's a long story. How, how, how long do we have? Man, we got time. I want, it's a juicy story. So tell, like, it's your like origin story, right? And I think it's important because people hear, you know, you're a chart topping DJ, like your, your freaking new mixtape is like number one, right? And like, tell us, like, yeah, number one worldwide, five different charts uh, oh. online. It, it, it performed tremendously well compared to the last one that I dropped. And honestly, a big influence to that is Clubhouse and the people I met. Mm. All these connections that I built, it was when the mixtape was dropping and people felt so connected with it and connected with who I am that they showed me love without even ever having to meet me, which is so beautiful. Wow. My my story, my story uh, is a long one, but I'll make it super brief because, uh, and hopefully this can this can resonate with somebody that's listening to this podcast. I know you've got an awesome audience and an amazing community, Erica. You're so inspirational to everybody uh, that especially looks up to you. Uh, my story back in 2011, when the war started in Syria, my my dad and I we had packed our bags and said, "All right, we we need to head out and we need to make make a future for ourselves." Mainly what he was saying is I need to make a future for my kid. I was uh, 16 and a half at the time. And so I was in that stage where I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life, but I definitely knew that I could not accomplish anything that I wanted had I stayed back home. Mm -hmm. And so we knew the answer was we need to find a different place so we can live. Maybe we'll go back home someday, but for the time being, we need to find another home. And Canada was the, the first answer that came to mind. We were lucky we had gotten a visa to immigrate. And the timing just worked magically. And so we hopped on that train. We hopped on the plane. And 12 hours later, I was in this new country. We got to the airport. We had no idea what we were doing, right? We, we didn't know anybody here. And we just took the bus. And we said, let's see where this bus is going to go. Mm-hmm. Literally. We had no idea where the bus is going. Everybody said, you need to take this bus. It'll take you downtown. That's where you'll sort of figure it out. So we get out of the bus and we're just amazed by this new city. Uh, it, it was, I remember it was, it was mid-August and where the bus dropped us was right ne- next to the gay village in Montreal. So it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a little neighborhood where uh, the LGBT community sort of celebrates and does events and it's like a hub there and so it was that week was gay pride in montreal and so it was very colorful 
And so imagine these two Syrians coming off the bus and they're just like seeing all these colors and we're like, wow. <laughs> first, first, of all, first of all, I was like, what's going on here? Like, did we, did we not get the memo? Is there a party? Like, you know, we looked a bit rugged uh, and, and too tanned to be there. But I was just so amazed by the energy that the city had. And at that moment, we realized we're like, you know what? We can make something happen here. We can make something work. And we walked around. We got a motel. We, we paid for three nights. And then we gave ourselves three nights to sort of figure out the apartment, start working, and start making some money because uh, we, we didn't come in with, with a lot of money. Uh, I remember I had $1,000. He had $700. And I had more than him because my grandmother gave me more than him. So, uh, but it was definitely a lot more than a lot of people that come here with, with zero. They start below scratch. So it definitely helped us out the first three days. And on the second day, he found the job. On the third day, we found the apartment. Fourth day, I was working at McDonald's. And from that moment onwards, it was like the best roller coaster ride you can ever, you can ever imagine. The, the relationships that I built over the last eight, nine years have truly changed my life. Uh, I managed to make my way through university. I graduated with a degree in finance, got myself a job that I really love in the corporate world. But at the same time, what I really also wanted to do is pursue my passion of music. I started falling in love with music way back home. When I used to go to, to these events and I see DJs and, and their amazing energy and how they control the room and can really change somebody's lives from that moment where they play the right song and take them out of their world into another one. And I was like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to have that influence on people where I can share my energy with somebody that's having a bad day and I can just make him or her snap out of it so, so quickly and take them to another world. And so being in Montreal this beautiful city opened that door for a creative like myself who wants to work in the corporate world, but at the same time, enjoy all the artistic sides of the world. And then I was like, you know what, let's, let's do both. Let's, let's find a way to still make my analytical side of the brain happy, but at the same time, my creative one, because as humans, I feel like we have the capacity to do as much as we want to do, as long as we're passionate about it. I'm like, why limit to one thing? Why can't I be these two things? Why can't I be so much more than that? And here I am today. I'm, I'm doing both. I'm loving doing both. And I've built this amazing world for myself where I wouldn't have had it any other way. Mm. And the highlight of all that is being on your podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am like over here teary-eyed and I was like oh like I don't know when I first heard your story I don't know why maybe there has to be like I see myself in your story I see my mother I see my children because I'm a mother like I see your father and I'm over here like trying to not cry on my podcast even though you're the guest and I'm like I'm gonna start crying because like so you're 16 years old okay it's Syria like you, when we spoke it was like like bombs are going off in your neighborhood yeah like that is full on you know like that is humongous and the fact that and I don't believe anything happens by mistake right everything happens it's it's conspiring for us in whatever way and 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 your father so how was the family so do you have siblings was it just you and your dad always like how did it become just you and him heading off 
Yeah, so we, we caught the early beginnings of the war. The war started in March 2011, and we had left in August. So we had seen about five months of it develop. And so we were fortunate that we weren't there for a long time when, when it really sort of hit its peak. But uh, we definitely caught that beginning of it where the riots were happening, the protests were happening, uh, where like gunshots were happening, bombs, smaller, smaller bombings in neighborhoods. Uh, but definitely we were lucky and fortunate to have left before it actually blew up. My stepmom had stayed there because we hadn't, they hadn't met when my dad applied for the visa. So getting her with us was a challenge. At, at that moment. So she had to stay there. I have no siblings. I'm the only child. So that, that was a bit easier, right? And so we had to come here. We had to build something safe, something more established, and then applied for her to come. But that took about three, four years. And we knew that. So we're like, that. that's going to give us three, four years to build something before she can come here and make sure everything is like habitable, right? We're two guys, so we can sort of scrumble around things. We don't need... Uh, like a lot we can we can make do with like a, a one bedroom apartment which is where we where we stayed for like two years uh but then by the time she came we had already built something where like we have a home uh it's going to be spacious it's going to be comforting like we didn't want to bring her into another mess yeah right like she, like she she had stayed there living the war so we were like well if she's going to come here we have to build something so good here that she doesn't have to relive that by the time she makes it. And so we, we were lucky we did that. And uh, when she made it, she was the happiest woman on earth. So uh, def- definitely a blessing. I still have family there. My uncles, my cousins, uh, they're in the safer regions. So they're good. And things things have been getting a lot better, which is really good. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it quieted down tremendously over the last two years. Hey, 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 this is a little intermission from me to you. I just really quickly wanted to invite you to pretty please head over to thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash podcast. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to review it. Let me know what you think. I love honest opinions. It helps more women reach this podcast. So pretty please head over to thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash podcast or go to Apple iTunes and leave me a beautiful little review. I would love and appreciate it. All right, sister, let's get back to the episode. It's so powerful because, you know, when you meet someone like yourself, someone, and even if you didn't come from, if you're listening to this and you didn't come from another country, but maybe your parents were immigrants or maybe you had uh, trauma growing up or you grew up in a really tough area and you had to overcome stuff, like there's so much that you had to overcome at 16. And I can imagine that at 16, you were probably more like a 27-year-old, right? Like you were like a man, like a man trying to organize and work and look after your dad and also make sure that he was good and you were good. And like, you know, it's... It's so crazy. What do you feel was the biggest takeaway for you or the thing in that experience that today is still stuck with you that helps you do what you do today? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, Before I answer that, I want to say, Erica, your story is, is nothing short of inspirational. What, what you've lived and you were, you were sharing that with me the other day. Like I was listening to it and I was like, wow, it's just so not refreshing, but also it gives you that boost of energy where you hear somebody with a similar story and that has been through life's ups and downs. But when it hit down, it hit like down 
effing hard. Mm-hmm. But then to see that bounce back and how you climb back, I, I can only raise my hat to you. I'm not wearing a hat. You could swear on this podcast because I say fucking motherfuckers okay. all the time. I, say it I didn't know. Time. I didn't know. So I was like, effing. Oh. <laughs> it's me. It's me. It's me. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's why. I, honestly, when I connected and we just met. So when I connected with you, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is such a great story. And there are men who listen to my podcast, even though it is directed to women. There are men who message me on LinkedIn and they're like, your podcast changed my life or it helped me. And so shout out to the dudes listening to this or anybody identifying as a man. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Um, but yeah, you're you're. I don't know. I just I, I see you and I see how when you when I listen to you in Clubhouse or when I hear you on Instagram, even all of the amazing shit you've done and built, you're very humble. You know, you're very humble. And I think it's something that. Yeah, back to that question, I feel like it, I don't know if does, do you feel like that experience made you humble or resilient or or agile or able to create from like, what do you feel like that um, that gave you the biggest thing? One hundred percent. The, the moment that changed my life for me, and I remember it to this day, was the airplane taking off from the airport when, when we were leaving home. Uh, and I remember exactly what song I was listening to. I remember exactly that moment uh, and, and what, what was going through my head. And the first thing that uh, popped in was you made it, but you didn't make it this far to only make it this far. So I knew that I was on a mission. The second that plane was going to land, it was going to be go time. It was going to be like the world's my oyster. I need to make what I want to make in my life as soon as I land. I need to plant all the seeds and just get going. Because that opportunity was not offered to any of my friends, uh, any of the people that stayed behind. You couldn't waste it. I mean, how could you, right? When you're leaving, that's it's just it's such a kick in the butt where it's like, okay, now you're gonna you're gonna have to make it for everybody that couldn't, because now you have this amazing opportunity that millions of people don't. And when you look back at it, you're like, yeah. So if I'm here surrounded with all these resources, why would I just sit and look at everybody else? Why can't I make something for myself? Mm. And since that moment, every day I'm waking up and, you know, you have low days, you have bad days where you're not as Gary V like, yeah, and that's okay. Right. That's okay. We're human. But as long as it's top of mind in your head, that you're not losing focus of what your purpose is. You're always going to wake up with the same level of energy and with the same level of resilience to just keep going. That's the thing too. You have this, and I I have a belief about this, and I think Gary and a lot of people talk about this. I have a belief that I, I feel like when I came to Australia, I had that fire you had, you know, that like, oh shit, okay, I have a, to me, Australia is like the new land of opportunity because there's not a lot of people here. It's a massive country. There's a lot that isn't done here that already has been done in America that hasn't happened here. And so I look at myself as a different person. I'm not the same as everybody here. I can create new things, new ideas. There's like, I'm like, it's an oyster here. And sometimes people who've been lived here their whole lives and raised here maybe would complain about certain things that I'm like, wow, how fucking amazing. That shit's an opportunity. And I can, I can see in your own life, like how I, I almost feel like you wouldn't complain or your dad wouldn't complain about things because it wasn't a luxury for you back home. Like you said, so many millions of people didn't get the opportunity that you got. And listen, when you're listening to this shit, here's the opportunity. Getting on a plane and leaving your fr- your friends and family behind in a war. Here's the opportunity. Working at fucking McDonald's. 
Wow, that's a fucking opportunity. I get to work at McDonald's in Montreal. I get to live in a motel with my dad and share a one-bedroom apartment for two fucking years. So if you're listening going, I wish I had a job, you could work at damn McDonald's, but will you do it? Like, you're doing that, or you did that. Like, it blows my mind. It's amazing. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and and you, you, you've lived it too, right? When you moved, it was like, you've been through so much shit. Excuse my language. And you made it there, but it was like a clean slate. It was like, okay, now I get to write whatever I want to write. But now my pen has lived years and years and years of experiences. So my pen is so much more powerful. Mm. You see it, but somebody that's been in the same context doesn't. Mm. It's like, imagine if you've been sitting on your couch, drinking beer after beer after beer, watching TV, you get sucked into that lifestyle that you don't even realize what's wrong. But if somebody comes into your home and says, it smells bad. You're like, no, it smells normal. Well, that's the difference. So you need to take a step back, walk out of that environment. And then you realize, holy cow, what am I doing and what can I do? And then make the change happen. And that's really what happened. It's so powerful. And I think like, You know, this is why I think it's so important to tell these stories and why I wanted to have you on here and why I love and, and back you and your whole story, you know, like, because if you haven't had a hard upbringing, that's not your fault. That's not your fault. No one's saying that. Or if you haven't had this crazy trauma, I did a room with, uh, with Suze last night or the night before, who knows, clubhouse time. Uh, and, and we shared, you know, about I have this crazy story and she's like, and I don't. And there's almost this, and I did a podcast about it, like story shame. You know, a trauma shame. Like, I don't have any trauma, so I'm ashamed. Who am I with my no story? And and if that's you, I don't want you to think that way. I, I hope that we can combine our amazing, perfect lives with maybe no trauma, but still you experience shit. Like, you still have had hard times. We've all had hard times mixed with someone like yourself, Maj, that's had this incredible experience and you've become such an amazing person, man, you know, son, partner to your girlfriend, uh, just an amazing human being out in the world that people can look up to. And we combine these people together. We combine someone that's like, I haven't lived that shit, but... I have seen people who have, and from that, I'm going to take and learn and vice versa, right? And so I think that that's the missing key is like, how can we be more grateful for what we have and look at life as an opportunity if we haven't lived hard shit and maybe look at how we take things for granted, like being able to work at fucking McDonald's. If you don't have money, go get your ass to work at the gas station or you too bougie and too fancy because your ego won't let you do that versus learning from people that have had a hard story You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's such a beautiful, this story. You know what I mean? You can combine. Yeah. And here's the cool thing to what you're saying too. No matter how hard your story is, there's always somebody who's had it harder. Mm -hmm. So who, whoever you are, you'll always find that person where you can sort of look at, be like, wow, my problems really, really don't, don't measure up. And that's okay. And they shouldn't. But at the same time, the point of it is, is gratitude. Yeah. Just being grateful for where you are today is going to push you to take you to the next level because you realize how blessed you are. And it's not about comparison. Mm. I mean, the goal, the goal behind what we're doing, right? The goal of you moving countries and building this new future is so you can make sure your kids don't have to do that. Mm. Right? That's the whole point. If, if you believe that what you did is the best thing to do, then you would make your kids go through it. 
which is absolutely not going to happen, right? What I'm going through and what I'm building is for the hope that my kids don't ever have to work at a McDonald's. If they want to, by all means, but they don't have to experience that that experience. That's the whole idea. Mm. But with the awareness that experiencing something like that is okay and it's going to teach you a few things, but to be grateful for not having to experience that and make the best out of the situation. Yeah. And I think we learned that through st- storytelling and understanding, you know, uh, really having some perspective, right? Like, like perspective of what's really hard, what's been hard for me, you know, and what am I complaining about? And, and like you said, even just the fact that in our countries, in Canada and in Australia and in the U.S., we don't have bombs going off in our backyard. You know, wow, like that shit is we have clean running water like that shit like that. That's like. If you're out there and you're like, man, I, I don't I don't have a purpose. I don't know what to do with my life. Like, go back to the simple daily shit. Like, everybody has a breath. Everybody that's listening to this podcast is alive. And every fucking day, 155,000 people don't wake up. Every day, they don't wake up. You fucking awake. You're winning. Amazing. Like, that's a win already. You know, that you have air in your in your lungs and that you have blood that's working and, and you're alive. So I think that you're, and this is why I wanted you on here because, you know, people can get caught up. They're like, you, you have such a smooth voice and you're doing amazing DJ stuff and you're so cool. And now you've created this whole community. Like, listen to me. You came from nothing, from nowhere, with no family, with no one. And now you're literally leading other DJs supporting and connecting with other DJs to live their dreams around the world and creating a community within your town of Montreal. Tell us about all of that. Cause like, how did that happen? Erica, what I'm doing is nothing short. Uh, well, it's so short of what you're doing. No, stop. Remember no comparison, <laughs> no, no, no comparison, but there, there is, there is a lot of appreciation uh, by all means. So what I'm building with with the Montreal Connected community, it's it's this new thing on Clubhouse, right? We all jumped uh, we all jumped aboard this this train, and a lot of Montrealers started coming in. And where I saw the the opportunity is an opportunity to serve. And by serving, I mean let me find the way to connect all these awesome people together from the city, so that one they can build each other up, but two be a space where they can connect, meet each other. And build amazing relationships that we so desperately need right now. If you think about it, this pandemic, if, if it has taught us anything, at least for me, it has taught me how much I love people. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And the fact that I haven't been with people for so long, I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I, I love meeting somebody at a bar and just talking and shooting the shit for three hours. <laughs> right? I love talking to my neighbor as I'm walking outside and, and next thing you know, we're, we're, we're uh, grabbing a cigarette or whatever, yeah. you know, like I love these interactions, but with the pandemic, you realize that we needed that and Montrealers needed it. And so when I hopped on the app, I said, okay, I'm one of the few Montrealers on here. No one really found out about this app. So let me sort of set the stage for when everybody starts coming in, they know that there's a place where they can belong as well, because you realize as soon as you start uh, joining a community as big as Clubhouse, you always look for your tribe or your community or your family. So you want to sort of categorize yourself with some people. So I'm like, let me set this stage up and see who comes up. We started with five people. Now we have hundreds of people joining the rooms and connecting. And these relationships are just being built. 
what's even astonishing to me is that people believed in what I'm building and they joined the team. They're like, how can I help you? Like, how can I be a part of your team? And at first I was like, I have no team. Like, it's, um, it's just me, <laughs> you know? Like, you want to come and help me out? Let's do it. Let's, let's make some magic happen. But now we're 13 people. Wow. And I'm like, in a week, there's 13 people that said, I want to help and get involved in whatever this guy is doing. 10 of them, I have no idea who they are. I've never met in my life, right? They're Montrealers. They're like mutual connections, but they just believed. And then tens of people message me and say, I want to get involved. I want to get involved. So because the purpose was genuine and authentic and selfless, people connected with it. And I feel like that is, that is generating such amazing relationships that we so desperately needed. How do you feel like is the key to getting people to enroll in your vision when you're doing something? Because there's a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are like, I want to do this thing. I want to do this thing. I want to do this thing. And maybe they feel lonely or they feel like they're the only ones trying to do it. You know, obviously Clubhouse is a great resource and we want to talk about that. But how do you feel? What's the most important thing in order to get others enrolled into a vision that you're trying to create like you did? So let me ask you this, if I may. Because yeah. I know I know this is a podcast. When when women don't feel confident, it's really easy to feel alone. And then nobody else has felt that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna answer you, but I would love for you to tell me as well, how do you make sure that all these women feel that they're not alone and feel empowered and then follow you on your journey? Because what you're doing is nothing short of phenomenal, Erica. And I know I've said this millions of times, but I'll keep on saying it. I haven't paid him, you guys. I promise. I promise I haven't paid him to say any of this. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think just I, I have this thing where I say, like, get metaphorically naked online. You know, it's hilarious. But like, you know, get metaphorically naked, like let people see you stripped down with all your flaws and your scars and your cellulite and your hot mess and your mom bun and your not niceness, you know, not just always looking great and amazing. And as in not everything is always perfect, like let people really see you. And I feel like when you let people see you, they feel seen in you because we aren't all perfect and amazing and incredible. We are flawed. We do have things that are going on. And so it's a recognition of like, oh, Erica swears. I do too. Oh, she really doesn't like her toes me neither whatever you know like oh she struggles with this fuck I struggle with that or even if she used to struggle with confidence I used to not have any confidence I was really lacking of confidence bad and I was comparing myself and I was judgmental to other women I thought women were bitches I had all this shit going on and that had a reflection of who I was being and so I was seeing the reality of what I was believing in my real world because I was creating my own reality so I talk about that and women go oh me too Oh, you get me. You're in my head. That's what people say. Like, it's like you're in my head and you're thinking what I'm thinking. And I'm like, I know because I'm you like we're the same. I'm just I'm just deciding to not allow that to control and live my life. So that's kind of how I do it. And how I've built like this here uh, is let people feel seen and heard. So how do you feel like you've enrolled all these amazing people into your vision and into your incredible creative world where you get to be you and share music and life with amazing people? First of all, I, I love what you just said, and I and I think that speaks to how beautifully powerful you are in your community. Uh, 
And again, I would raise my figurative hat to you at all times. I feel like you've built community. And I think that that's really powerful. Like, like how have you enrolled and have you been the one to build community where people go, hey, I listen to you. I like what you have to say. I trust you. I'm following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because it's the same thing you've done. It's just different communities. But you've, you have yeah. been the common denominator, right? Yeah. And I'll, and I'll tell you what that is. Uh, I'm a, I try to be as real as I can be with all my intentions at all times. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, with the Montreal community on Clubhouse, when I, when I tell people this is why I'm doing it, the answer is I'm doing it to just connect you guys together. I just want to do that. I have no agenda in the back end. I don't want to make money off of anything. I am not trying to sell you something. I'm not trying to leverage this user base to start selling advertisements. And these are all things that you can do, right? When you when your business hat comes on, you can do that. But I'm genuinely just trying to connect everybody and they see that. And so they say, okay, that's somebody that I trust, it's credible, and I'm gonna follow and I'm gonna see where where that's gonna lead me. And so far it's been it's been great, right? People test you out. Yeah. And if you if you're not consistent with the results that you preached in the beginning, then they're gonna drop you like this, mm. which is fair. And so by being genuine and authentic and real with them, no hidden agendas, but at the same time delivering on the promise, that's what keeps them going. In the DJ world, it's the same thing. If I'm speaking to a community of DJs, then I'm coming in from a place of truth. This is what I've done. This is how I've done it. The source is there. You can go check it out. If you don't believe me, let me help you out in whatever way I can help you. In festivals, when I'm playing, it's the same thing. I'm coming in. I'm coming in with energy, right? Energy doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. So people feel that. You're coming in. You're playing. People are going, wow. But they're experiencing that. So when you go and say, I played that festival and I rocked it, people believe it. Because when people were there, people spoke about it. There's pictures. There's videos. There's, there's proof. But it all comes from the authentic self when, when you preach it. And people connect with that. People see through the bullshit. As much as people like to think that you can, you can, uh, you can fake it sometimes, you can't. You can never fake it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You can never fake it. Because people know not to expect you to be perfect, but people know to expect you to be transparent. Yeah. And people, are, people can catch that so fast. Yeah. There's a saying in the book that I wrote, and I always love saying this. It's like, fuck, fake it till you make it. Like... It's like fake it till you make it. I hate that so much. It's like, fuck, fake it. Just make it. You know, like if you don't have it, make it, make it up, do it, do it, like create it. You don't have to pretend. Just go make it, like make it happen for yourself in the way that you do. Um, and I love that because you're right. Like when I first listened to you, obviously I was in a room with Chris and all the guys and they were, um, it's so funny because the word edify, I didn't fucking know what that word was. I'm like, they use all these fucking big words, Brendan. Edify, I'm like Googling. I'm like, what the fuck does edify mean? Is that, what is that shit? And edify to anybody listening, if you're like me and you didn't know, is like, you know, complimenting and highlighting and saying good words about people. Like, you've been edifying me all today and I've been doing it to you. But it's like, oh, you're amazing. He's incredible. And so they were just talking about you in such a beautiful way. Um, and something that you've done, and I'd love to hear about this as well, was like how this happened. But, you know, they were talking about you and then you were playing music in this clubhouse room, which like people like get, I did a whole podcast about clubhouse in case you haven't already like got onto it. But, um, 
it was so cool because they were talking about you and then I got a chance to hear from you and you just sounded really genuine and, and gentle and caring and humble. And then you played this music and it was so sick and it was like vibes and you created this vibe. And then it was like, I'm done over to you guys. Like very like service, which I feel like you are. You are just this humble service giving love creating energy person that's like all right that's it here you go like that's for you nothing asked in return um and I'd love to know maybe how did you come about being like the clubhouse dj which I feel like should be in your bio um (laughs) how did you come about doing this on clubhouse because that's pretty I mean I I guess it's not normal to think like I could play music on my phone while I'm talking on this app like I guess you can but you're dj so you thought about that how did that come about I, I just see Clubhouse as a whole entertainment world. You're entertaining people with your with your voice, with the topics, with the conversations you create. Just the same thing that we're doing now. And so because I entertain people with my music, I was like, this is how I entertain. This is what I do. This is what I do for a living. So why can't I be more than just the voice and the sound that comes out of my mouth. Why can't I be so much more? Because I can. And then one day in Chris's room, I was messaging him. And I was like, hey, you know what would be cool? Because like you're talking a lot about these rooms being productions and backend chat and so many things. I'm like, why don't you make them an actual production? Like, Let's just put some music in there. Get some artists, singers, comedians, whatever. Like, Let's make it a show. Mm. Because Clubhouse is transforming itself from a podcast into a show, into radio, television, YouTube, you name it. It's going to be the world of creation for content. And so we started putting in music and I loved it. And then I started doing mixes on Clubhouse. Like I'll start rooms and I'll say, hip hop nights, come in, come and hang. And I'll play music for an hour. So it really gave me another medium to, to play music, especially with the pandemic, having not had the opportunity to play for an audience. Mm-hmm. I would see you guys and you're like tapping your mic. I'm like, these are real people reacting in real time, which is really what I love about DJing. I see people's reactions in real time. And now, even if it's just like that mic flashing on and on, like that feels good. Like people are listening, people are enjoying and they feel the energy transmitted through their phones, which is which is so nice. It, it's so nice. And I wanted to say I did a room. I have a confidence room that I'm not going to be able to do on this Friday or for the next week because shit's crazy. But I have a normal room every every Friday morning in Australia, 9 a.m. And it's about getting confident on Clubhouse. And it's like a safe space where we just come and share and help people. A lot of newbies come. And, you know, and when, when I spoke to you after we had our IG um, message, <laughs> it was like, hey, um, I can come in and I'll not play some music. And I was like, I was so honored, first of all, because I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to have music in our room, like as if we can't play it ourselves. But it's different. You know, it's different when you go to try to do it. But I heard you and now I can never unhear that. You know, I was like, it was so cool what you did. And, you know, you came into the room and you played music and it was and you had the horn. So to everybody listening, I you guys don't know this about me, actually, podcast listeners. But in Clubhouse, I have this little horn thing that I do. And I just think it's so fun because it's one of my favorite sounds in music, Madge. Like, burr, 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 because it's like, and it just makes you feel like, yeah. So I feel like I am a human horn in real life. Yeah, it's like, the, burr, burr, burr. it's just like, what? Like shit's about to get real, motherfuckers. That's what it feels like, you know? And so I feel like that, like I am the horn in real life, you know? So 
you came in, you had the real horn, which was way better than mine. <laughs> and then you played a song at the end. And I don't know if you did it on purpose, but it was a J-Lo song. And I'm Puerto Rican and I fucking love J-Lo. Like, like I love her. I love her so much. And I'm not going to lie, at the end of that that room that we had, it was so hype and so good. And the vibe was so nice that when we closed the room and you were playing that song, and that's one of my favorite songs, I was like dancing in my bedroom. And there's a mirror um, closet. And I was just like vibing with myself and then watching everyone flash mics. And then I got really teary. Like I finished the room and I got teary. I was like, man, that shit was incredible. The feeling. Um, and you did that with your music. And yes, it was the whole room plus the music at the end. But it's I don't know. It just really gave us such a vibe. Erica. What you're missing to say is that you created that space. We, buddy. <laughs> you, you gave the, the everybody, me, the audience, the moderators, a medium where we can all come as people and connect on so many different levels, whether it's words, whether it's sounds, whether it's horns or music. So, and this, this goes back to what we were saying before about leadership. It's the people that create these spaces for others to be great and shine that are the true leaders of the world. And you're doing that. And that's really the intention of why do people follow you? Because they see the authenticity behind what you're doing, right? When you're coming up and saying, I want to make people feel confident. I want to make women feel confident about themselves by being real. Yeah. It doesn't get more real than that. Mm. You're awesome. We need you to keep, keep doing the thing. So I love you. You're the best. I want to ask you, I want to ask you, so what is what is coming up for you? What's your big like vision and, and dream and goal? I know you love playing festivals and what's going to happen now in this world of COVID where, I don't know about Canada, but are festivals happening? Are things still happening? Can you go to America? What's the deal? Yeah, that's a good question. Nothing, nothing is happening in Canada for now. <laughs> okay. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> what, what, what I'm doing is virtual events. So virtual events have really been my savior here uh, in Canada, where I work with companies like Ikea, uh, Amazon, Google. Yeah, and we throw events for them, uh, DJ for their staff, like once a month or once every yeah. now and then. Really, 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 really cool stuff. Doesn't compare to real life, but definitely a substitute, which I'm grateful for. I'm trying to connect and build bridges internationally because that's where I see the future is. And to be more visual, like think about it this way. Let's say in the next, in the next short period of time, you're going to be rocking a stage or a stadium filled with people there to listen to you talk about confidence. And somebody's going to need to be playing the horns behind you. Well, you're welcome. Let's do it. That shit's happening, buddy. It's in my vision board. Okay, you you're there. You have you have to draw me like right behind you there no. in the corner. Oh my gosh, I will. Can you please wear a little bit of pink or a little bit of cheetah, and it could be masculine cheetah print. Okay. <laughs> I'll wear I'll wear cheetah pants. Okay. <laughs> I wear cheetah leather pants. Oh my Super gosh! Nice. Amazing, amazing. Yes, I love this. Okay, so 100% me and Hamish were talking about you uh, after we met you because we love you. My husband loves him and, and you're just the best and your girlfriend's amazing. Um, and I said to Hamish, Hamish is like, do you think, because he's, ha- he, like, he's having his 40th birthday this year, he's like, do you think we could like live stream uh, July 9th? 
He's like, okay. do you think we could live stream DJ Match in? And I'm like, I don't know, but like, we should ask him. I said, if not, we'll just ask him if he could do a mixtape and we'll buy a mixtape from him, which I also think is a good idea. Like, people could request a genre and then buy a mixtape from you. Uh, I don't know. Is that something you like? What's the deal? How do you do this? Because people in Australia are going to want to know about you and do all the damn thing. And if you have any hookups or connections, people listening, be sure to hit DJ Maj up because he's fucking incredible. You don't hit the charts number one without being amazing at the skill of DJing. So congrats. So Hamish's birthday, July 9th, right? Yeah. Okay. It's also Nunavut Day. It's a... It's a region here in Canada, which I have no idea <laughs> why, why it has a day. But I looked at my calendar and it says none of a day. I, I'll be there. I promise you now on, 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 the, on the call, on the podcast, I will be there. We're going to rock Hamish's birthday uh-huh. without a doubt. And uh, virtually, if I can be there in presence, wow, come on. I mean, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But I will be there virtually. We're going to rock his birthday up. You, I've been working with a lot of uh, trainers here in Montreal yeah. that pay me to make mixtapes for them because they go live on Instagram. Yeah. And so they need a mixtape so that their Instagram live doesn't get cut off. Oh. Right? Because if, if you play the song too long, then it's going to get cut off. I was going to ask you about that. Yes. Okay. So that's that's sort of like another market that I've tapped into because of the pandemic. So I've I've got a couple of trainers where they pay me because they have such a big community and they do these live streams, these live workouts, but they're an hour long and they can't have it cut off, but they need music. So cool, man. You're so cool. See these, do you know what I mean? Like that's a problem. You solve it and it's fun and it's awesome. And it's changing lives. You get to do what you want to do. The people get to dance and listen to music and sweat and work out. And the personal trainer looks good as well because he's got this like custom mix. (gasps) Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So if you need a mixtape, you'll let me know. Listen, we, we all going to let you know. You're going to get all the DMs. Everybody go. Um, head to the show notes when you finish this. I've put all of DJ Madge details there. Uh, hit him in the DMs. He does awesome um, uh, reels as well and IGTVs. It's a cool thing because I saw a few DJs in America that were doing like, you know, quarantine parties. Like, fuck it. Every 8 p.m. Friday night, we're going to do a set and we're going to play. And like, it's just for the people, you know, to enjoy. So I think, yeah, that's powerful. We, we have that responsibility. We have, as DJs, you build people up with the music. You lift the spirits up. You have, you have the power to make somebody feel empowered and energetic and good about themselves just with the music. You don't have to speak. If you play the right songs at the right time in the right order, you can change somebody's life. How powerful is that? Come on. Oh so, I love when, it. when the pandemic hit, I mean, we, it was like, it was our calling. It was everybody's calling. Like we had to. So we, we, we did it and we love it. I love it. I think it's so, I love, we could talk about this for another 17 hours because I love like what you said about what song and when and where, like I'm very, I think I told you this when we first talked, like I have a playlist that I play at all my events and there's certain songs at certain exercises and with certain words that I'm like that. I want you to hear that. Like, I almost want to sing to them, but I don't really sing very well. So like, I don't want to mess up their vibe, but I'm like, I want to sing this song to you because music is so powerful and it can do so much for us, you know, in different phases. What is your favorite? Do you have a favorite genre? Do you have a favorite uh, DJ? Do you have like a favorite genre that you like to play or mix or like, because I know you do almost everything like. I do. I do. Everything, everything all around 
it can be Caribbean music, African, hip hop, house, techno. I just love music. I love energy. And I, and I see energy with all music. It just depends on the time of the day. And it's not harder. It's not harder to mix like, like techno versus R&B because they're so different. They, they're so different and they have, they have a different approach to them. But if you really love the music, then you'll, ha- you'll dedicate the time to understand each and understand that culture culture is so important especially with music yeah. you can't just say i play uh reggaeton without understanding what the culture is and where it came from and why right you yeah. you have to know you have to know you have to know who the ogs are how they built it up why did it become the way it became right now i don't know if you saw like at the at the, at the latin music awards they uh, it was osuna it was uh, j balvin nikki jam Bad Bunny, and they all came out and they sang Daddy Yankee songs. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah. Like, I mean, like, talk about culture and talk about influence. So as a DJ, my what I love doing is let me learn this music. But by learning it, I'm learning the story, the back end. How did it become to what it is today? Mm. And then the, the technical aspect is is the easy part. It's the, it's the fun part. It just takes practice. But the cultural one is, is, is definitely a lot more interesting to me. But what I really love playing is anything Caribbean, anything hip-hop, and anything house. These three genres, they speak to me on a, on a much deeper level because I attach specific feelings to each independently, and they're mutually exclusive, mm. which is what I love about them. So I've got different moods that I go through throughout the day. Yeah. For example, everything is intentional, though. So when I played that J-Lo song, the J-Lo song was intentional, right? When we were in that room, you were there. I know you're Puerto Rican, right? Yeah. So you see, it's intentional. Intentionality no, it's is key. But it's an understanding of the culture. That's, that's what's important. And there's, My a favorite- pride, there's a pride that comes to, like, I think culture. Like, obviously, I'm not just Puerto Ricans, but in America, everybody has Puerto Rican flags in their car. Like, Puerto Rico's, like, super proud and, like, oh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Like, it's such a... A vibe. So when you did that, also there was an element of pride that I got. Like, yeah, Jayla, my lady. Like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's it. That's it. But you have to understand where what the story is, right? You have to understand JLo's story, the culture that she's been building, where she, what her moves were. That's super important, especially with music. And my favorite DJ has been uh, over the pandemic has been D Nice. Yeah, he's, he's he's just phenomenal. This guy. I mean, just think about it, uh, Michelle Obama signed up to his Instagram live and she was watching him play with all the other people. I mean, talk about influence, talk about impact, but also talk about the power of music, bringing everybody together, literally. Right. So people like that, I look up to DJ Cassidy. This guy is absolutely amazing. Definitely my role model. Uh, Jazzy Jeff. He's, he's just an OG, right? Uh, DJ premier, all these amazing people that have, paved the way for people like me to come up and be respected, but also be admired. It's not just an individual effort. It's yeah. everybody before you that has come and that has built that. So when you're, when you're building your community and you're empowering all these people, the one thing that I would love for the people that are listening to this to know is that when these people you're influencing go on to influence more people, it happened because somebody had to pave the way. Somebody had to do the grunt work to build that confidence level, to share the story, to give the blueprints mm. to what feeling confident is. It doesn't just hit you one day and then you're the person. No, 
There's people before you that paved the way, and you're doing that so beautifully with your community uh, that I would hope the people listening would admire and appreciate everything that you're doing. You're the best. Thank you. And I think you're right. It is like I always I, I used to say in my Instagram bio, it was like if Gary V, Cardi B, Oprah and Tony Robbins and Jim Carrey, I didn't have him because I couldn't fit him. But if they had a baby like that would be me, you know, like like I love Jim Carrey, like his whole like I just love him. He's the funniest and the best guy. And then like all the others, because they I'm like pieces of them, percentages of them, percentages of my husband, percentages of all my mentors. Like, you know, we we take from all of these people. And even when you're out there in the world, these people that have influenced you, you're are, you are percentages of them, you know, so it's never just us by ourselves. So I think that's really powerful. Um, yeah, you just you're I could talk to you for hours. You have so much great skill. And I think that that's one of the biggest thing. And I'm not saying that just to say that. But you know, I see all these DJs now, especially like women that are like sexy girls. And no offense, y'all do you think which boobs out, whatever, it's cool. But like all these sexy DJs, but the skill you know, um, and to anybody listening, my first husband who passed away, Gio, was a DJ. And he was so, like, he was like you. Like, he practiced and he practiced and he tried to do the crab on my ear. He would do it. And I'm like, okay, you're getting it. <laughs> you know, like, I'll never forget the fast flicker. I'm like, what is that? He was doing the crab on my ear. So do that to your girlfriend. You know, and like, the the dedication and the hours of sitting there and practicing. And then when a mix would go in, it was like, whoa, that shit's like honey. Like, it's so smooth. And so I have never, I can never not hear that. So when I listen, I'm like, oh, that was rough, bro. Or that was, okay, that was good. And, you know, it doesn't matter how you look and how pretty you are and that you have a set of DJ things. It's like, what are you, what are you making with the music? And I'll tell you right now, hand on heart, I've listened to your mixtape like many times because we listen to it in our car. We love it. Uh, it's in the show notes to anybody who wants it. It is free. He's amazing like that. But like the skill that you have to go from house to then R&B to then like, it's so fast. You move so fast. And so I just want to honor you. And I want you to take the honoring without complimenting me because honestly, it, it's hard. It's not easy to do that. And that just shows the time, the dedication, the love, the care, the skill uh, on your behalf. So that shit is amazing. Thank you. So, okay, people want to hear from you. People want to download and listen to your music. How can they How can they connect with you if they do want? I know that you said on your stories you were doing uh, mixtapes. And if people want to book you, like if they want to pay for your service and book you, like how can people do that? Absolutely. So everything is on my website, djmaj.com. That's djmajd.com. If you, yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> want to get behind the scenes, then come on my Instagram at djmajdmtl. I believe the notes are going to be uploaded yeah. with the podcast. Yeah, everything. Like the same. So uh, just come on my Instagram. My DMs are open. You can shoot me a DM. Would love to talk to you. But for bookings, anything more official. Go through the website so you can send me an email. Uh, but if you'd like to chit chat and just get to know more about me and my music, then I'm always in for a good time and a good conversation. So and my Clubhouse. And Clubhouse. Oh, boy. Clubhouse is another world, man. Uh, if you're not on Clubhouse, first of all, you need to get on Clubhouse. You need The first person you need to follow is Erica, the oh. queen of confidence herself. <laughs> uh, her picture is the probably the boldest, most pinkish picture on the app itself and uh you give her a follow and then right after that you give hamish a follow as well and then you drop me a follow at dj majd and we'll connect yeah and you're running rooms as well so you run heaps of rooms and you have a community there so uh this guy's amazing i i just want to thank you for your time 
Um, thank you for saying yes to this. Thank you for sharing vulnerably your story as well, because I think it's so powerful and important. It speaks so much of the heart and soul that is you is that story. And so, um, thank you for sharing that with our amazing community and thank you for existing and being incredible. I can't wait to meet you and your girlfriend, Isabella. Shout out to Isabella and her amazing business that she's doing as well. Like she's the bomb. You guys are amazing. Can we give her a quick shout out? Hell yes. Isabella is awesome. If you if you want to check out what Isa's doing, you check out her uh, Instagram. She is a balloon magician. Yes. I don't mean she makes magic tricks with balloons. <laughs> at, at your cousin's sixth birthday, she makes balloon decorations. Uh, she makes balloon garlands. She's an artist and she's a creative. And if you want to check her out, it's Balloon Babe MTL. Balloon Babe MTL, which stands for Montreal. You guys are the best. Honestly, her energy is so beautiful when I met her as well. I said to my husband just before we finish, like any other time, maybe in the world or if I was in my first marriage and I had my husband was speaking to a random woman on a video, I'd be like, who the fuck is that bitch? How did you meet her? Who are you talking to? Why are you guys having a video chat? You know, and like in today's day of clubhouse i have so many male friends that i'm literally having video calls with and we don't care it's not a big deal we're just being friendly but it's so funny how my old self and even maybe my husband's old self not not now but back in the day when we were insecure and we had all our shit going on and we weren't managing our mindset it would have never been okay and like now i have a best friend in montreal and isabella shout out isa you know like what a what a beautiful world she's awesome yeah. She's awesome. You're awesome. Hamish is awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's just a blessing to be to be with you and in your presence uh, and sharing this space and energy. And uh, hats off to you again, Erica, for for everything that you've built and for allowing the space for people to come and share their stories. But not only that, for having such an impact on your community. It's only the beginning for you. I hope you know that. Yes. Thank you. Yes, we're going to have stadiums and you're going to be the DJ and we're going to hook it up with the cheetah print pants. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for being here. You're the best. Everybody, please head to the show notes. Connect with this amazing human. Um, I thank you and I honor you for your time, my friend. Thank you so much, Erica. I'm happy to be here. My love, before you go, I really want to share this incredible opportunity with you because if you're loving this podcast, then you will most likely love working with me for the next 12 months in the sisterhood. It's my year-long coaching experience and I have really good news because we have shifted and changed the pricing. There is a new offer for 2021 because I know how many people struggled in 2020 financially and I also know how much shit came up for us that we all need to be working on. So year-long coaching program, The Sisterhood, with me. You can join in person if you live in Melbourne or you want to fly to Melbourne six times a year. Or you can join online where I coach live for the 12 months. You have me as your coach. You can hit me with any problems or questions you have. We coach live for two hours a month. It is next level shit. The community is incredible. If you want to learn more, head to my website, thequeenofconfidence.com forward slash sisterhood s-i-s-t-a sisterhood i can't wait to welcome you thank you so much for listening i so appreciate your ears your time your energy and your attention please do me a favor and head over to apple itunes subscribe so that you don't miss an episode share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it 
And if you feel called to leave me a review, I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.